0: That's a pretty good sign that it happened to you so quickly because me after about a month or so, like even maybe after like six months of not having cigarettes, like cigarettes still tasted like pretty, pretty damn good whenever I tried one. But after about a year, I would like try it. And I was like, this is the most disgusting thing ever. It's like, I, I can get my nicotine some other way. So
1: all right, uh let's uh, move on to another topic or I'm going to just like start breaking into people's fucking houses looking for one.
0: All right, should we should we start the show?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Hello I feel like That's
1: going to be Yeah. You you got some material for an open there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, definitely we can pull a cold open from something you've said.
1: All right. Hello, pod people.
0: Hello, pod people, and welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. I am your host, Sock, sitting here with my co-host, Biscuit. Say hello.
1: Hello, live from the chuckle hut slash my
0: ass. (laughs) Uh, Biscuit, say something positive. This is going
1: to be a weird one.
0: Oh, yeah. Say something positive, Biscuit.
1: I haven't had a cigarette in 10 days
0: That is very positive Biscuit and I were discussing this Just before we started recording the show And we should all be proud of him
1: Yeah, fuck you Marlboro, man I mean, you're dead, but Yeah, I mean, that's Fuck you.
0: That's the thing, right? It's like at the end of your life, if, if cigarettes were ever to bring you down, like the tobacco companies aren't going to stand over your hospital beds talking about how you were a good customer, right? So.
1: No, they're just going to be like, man, hopefully we hooked this kid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Now you haven't. And gone... they're not
1: going to get mine. He yells at me about it. <laughs>
0: and I mean, you... I am. But... <laughs> you have not gone cold turkey. Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. No. Um. A uh, uh, now a message from our new sponsor, said <laughs> Nicotine <laughs> Pouches.
0: I've just discovered what a nicotine pouch is. Actually, when I quit smoking the first time around, I would have loved to have tried those nicotine pouches. Now that I'm like just looking over some basic information about them, because I used the nicotine patches, and those yeah. don't are do all- sh- Yet. I, well, actually, for me, they they worked. Like they they weren't super effective, but they did work. The only problem was is that you have really really weird dreams.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've heard that one too. That like yeah. if you forget to take it off, then. Um... <laughs>
0: Well, that's the thing, you, you, you can sleep with them on. Like it's not, it's nothing harmful. It's like it's, it's, and for me, it was preferable to sleep with them on because then I wouldn't wake up craving a cigarette, but at the same time, it's like, if you don't take them off, you have like the wackiest dreams ever. Like they're incredibly vivid and just insane. Like it's, it's like being high in a dream almost.
1: Oh, that sounds great. I think everybody go get a nicotine pouch and slap that on you. Ding dong.
0: If you're not doing anything, it's great. Uh, but when you got to wake up in the morning refreshed and with like a full amount of sleep and not questioning your whole existence, uh, they're not the best. So um,
1: you could do them and um work food and bev like i do because uh very little is expected of you (laughs) like if you don't show up drunk like you're good
0: (laughs) all right fair enough biscuit what you're gonna continue the show like a proper co-host
1: Oh, oh, say something positive. I'm going to get it one of these times.
0: <laughs> say something positive. I'm sure you've gotten it at least once at some point.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> uh,
0: I just got myself a new toy. I got myself a, uh, a GPS uh, hiking computer, uh, which is great. I get to play with that. And that's kind of fun. I, I don't really have much more to say about that, except that you know, very soon I'll be going on... A holiday in the mountains, and I'm excited to test it out and make sure I don't get lost.
1: So, like, it tells you, like, there's a bear in 300 feet, or uh,
0: it, it <laughs> that would be pretty cool if it could geolocate bears. I mean, that would area. be very useful. <laughs> uh, like, if they're all, yeah, uh, no, uh, sadly, it won't geolocate bears, it'll just tell you where you are. <laughs>
1: I mean that's still good for not like getting lost and dying. So, and um, here at Big Bad Nonsense, we are pro you not dying.
0: <laughs> uh, I do have another positive thing to bring up, that is that I uh, oh yeah yeah I, I found I found Joe jokes.
1: Uh, are we sure that qualifies? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Biscuit, if you could choose from business, school, religious, doctors, marriage, police, children, pub, she and he, or another. <laughs> you
1: son of a bitch. <laughs> I think my internet connection just went out. I can hear you. No, that was a joke. Me trying to get out. Oh, of it. okay. Okay. See, I'm as funny <laughs> as that fucking book.
0: <laughs> so are you going to choose something?
1: Uh Let's marriage, marriage.
0: Okay, let me look here. Yeah,
1: that's a fucking loaded gun I just spun on the table. But uh,
0: yeah. uh actually see how we, goes. we we haven't done marriage yet, so this will be our first joke from the marriage section.
1: Oh boy.
0: Okay, here Everybody's
1: we go. Everybody's excited.
0: All right, here's the joke, darling. Now, when we are already together, you could. Cook me something once a week. With pleasure, darling, but you could still wait a little. You know, I don't want to be so early, the young widow.
1: So, I think the joke there is she's a shitty cook.
0: Yes. I th- Yeah, the joke is that he's saying, like, hey, my girlfriend, uh, you could... Now that we've been together for a while, you could cook yeah. something once a week. And she's like, well, I don't want to be a, a, a young widow. Yeah. yeah so basically, her food. So, is toxic. so the
1: joke is that there's going to be um, rampant spousal abuse and eventually homicide because she can't cook. Isn't mm-hmm. that fun?
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful.
1: Boy. Th- <laughs> oh, God. Thank God you got that back. <laughs>
0: Some of them were quite kooky.
1: I mean, I'm looking at the adult's only joke book on the floor and I'm actively choosing to not pick it up.
0: Yeah, don't. Don't.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going
0: to. Joe jo- jo jokes is way better than that. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not a very high bar to pass, but it's better. No. Nah.
1: No. Nah. Uh, all right. So we're crushing and with that, let's move on with the show.
0: <laughs> Was that supposed to be the, the 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 sound of the music that I use when?
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: When I transition to the next segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got you covered. <laughs> Okay, Biscuit. What? Let's open up the mailbag. Okay. Okay. So
1: for the. Hi, John.
0: (laughs) Actually, we do have a letter from John. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Actually, since since you brought it up, I will start with John's letter. Uh, John wrote to us uh, to say that uh, nothing except that. this Steven Segal is the subject of the newest Dollop episode.
1: I've already given you that well, maybe
0: he beat me to it, but Yeah, yeah, you told I, me. Yes, but we're like, aware. He, yeah, he he wrote to us to say that like the dollop is 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 doing a series on Steven Seagal. Which they are, so.
1: <laughs> and and I'm sure it will not even come close to the perfection of ours. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Nobody
1: (laughs) listens to that shit.
0: A team of paid researchers doing it with established comedians. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So um, (laughs) if you listen to our Steven Seagal episode and we're like, I wonder what this would sound like if it was good. Um, (laughs) Go with the dollop.
0: I do encourage everyone to go and listen to the dollop because they're very funny. Yeah. And, yes, they're doing something on Steven Seagal, and it looks like so far uh, I was able to hit on a bunch of things that they also discovered. Of course, they have a team of researchers, so they they were able to dig up more than I possibly could. But, uh, you know, this has happened before, hasn't it, where, like, the dollop has done something we've done, and they –
1: There's definitely (laughs) – I can't remember it off the top of my head. It has happened before. Um, Yeah, and theirs is good, and it's (laughs) financially viable for them as opposed to ours, which is slowly dissolving every relationship we have in our personal
0: lives. (laughs) There was something that we did and the dollop did it later. Not like I'm complaining about that. There's no such thing as like internet dibs or whatever people want to call it. But I, I remember that Biscuit, Biscuit wrote to me saying like, hey, you you actually, or, or maybe it wasn't the dollop. Maybe it was like the last podcast on the left. They did it like a month but, after we did. Yeah,
1: there was one from them, Fraudsters, one of their like side ones that um, Gregor McGregor, I think they did.
0: Was it Gregor yeah. McGregor? Okay. But anyway, there was one podcast from someone, and you wrote to me, it's like you actually uh they, they hit all the same points you did, and I was happy about that because I was like, I'm just one guy researching, whereas these people have paid teams of researchers. So, like you'll you'll do the
1: part one when it cause I wait until they've posted the whole thing. So if I just listen to part 1 of any podcast and I got to wait a week from the next one I get mad and you know like go I- I've already listened
0: to part 1 I've already done it yeah
1: Okay well that's fun so everybody do that I yeah. guess Actually speaking
0: speaking of the Dollop if you are Dollop fans and maybe some of you might be fans of the uh, the podcast Behind the Bastards the Dollop was actually on the podcast behind the bastards talking about Henry Kissinger and they, I believe they have just finished all their parts. That's a
1: six parter. I believe. Yeah,
0: it was a six parter. Yeah. That's that's probably a hell of a ride because man, what a fucker. Oh yeah. Uh, it is. It is a good podcast. I definitely recommend it. Uh, the dollop guys are super funny. Yeah. Six parter. I just listened to part six yesterday. I think and like each part is, it, it, it is like at least, you know, two hours, not two hours, but like an hour and a half or something like that. They are long. And so it is a very extensive podcast. If you thought Henry Kissinger was an asshole before, you will think he is one of the people. Oh, you, you got no
1: idea. Like, yeah. I know it's a lazy comparison, <laughs> but kind of Hitler y.
0: Yeah. In terms of like personal body counts.
1: In terms of what a son of a bitch he is.
0: In terms of personal body counts, like Kissinger's up there with other figures of history for sure.
1: Yeah. And uh, that is uh, big bad nonsense, hot take. Hitler, not a good guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not as controversial. As, as one would expect. Okay, anyway, uh, next email. Oh, by the way, I listeners... I am making this difficult for you, aren't I? No, you're not, you're not. Next email. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, listeners, bigbadnonsense at gmail.com, uh, Twitter at bigbadnonsense. Uh, you can message us either way, but for some reason, nobody seems to message uh, Biscuit on Twitter, I, I, unless he just doesn't tell me about it.
1: Uh, you... <sighs> I mainly use our Twitter account to get stone scream about
0: hockey. (laughs) Negating the purpose of having a podcast specific Twitter. Anyway, uh, the next email we Mm -hmm. have is from Chaney. And in order to properly address this email, I need to share something with biscuit on screen. We are using zoom here. So let me share this. Let's see if it works.
1: Oh, I, uh, I think it's working. I do see um
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all uh, right. Which one? All right. Do you? Okay. So, uh, for listeners at home, biscuit now has a map on his screen because Chaney wants to know, does biscuit know where Ukraine is?
1: I think I can make a decent guess. Um,
0: 25. That's Belarus. 26. There you go. That's Ukraine. Yeah. All <laughs>
1: right. I, uh, for me, that's, that ain't bad.
0: Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty good. Uh, so there's your answer, Shaney, that yes, Biscuit knows where Belarus is. Uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> now he does, or he knows where Ukraine is now. Uh, actually, Let's revisit some previous trivia. Which number is Slovakia? I mean now you're just being rude. Um <laughs> the home of your 32. Th-
1: <laughs> if that's Poland again, I'm gonna be so happy.
0: <laughs> uh it's Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because the the first time we tried this geography trivia, you chose number 33. Uh, No, you chose number 34, which is Kosovo. And now you've chosen (laughs) the neighboring country of Serbia. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway. (laughs) 20 is Italy. Yeah, yeah. You you recognize the boot. Congratulations.
1: Three is uh, Iceland.
0: Yeah. 13's Russia. Okay, let me help you out a little bit. We share a border with Ukraine. So you're 27.
1: That would be Moldova. So you're 17. That would be
0: Poland again.
1: (laughs) God damn it. So you. (laughs) I think we've established the point that I'm a fucking moron.
0: (laughs) Do you want to keep guessing until you get it? 24. Okay, there you go. That's Slovakia.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: I think think in terms of geography, I don't know this for a fact, but I think we share the smallest border with Ukraine. Uh, Yeah. Well, isn't that fun for you right now? Yeah, it certainly looks that way anyway, yeah. Uh, So, uh, thank you, Cheney, for your question, for embarrassing uh, Biscuit. I will stop sharing the map. Okay. And the last... (laughs) (laughs) uh maps are are probably going to be important to uh to this episode as well it's going to be a great time i'm sure
1: well isn't that promising
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay last email we have biscuit and um this is from steve and he asks uh or no he says that the suggestion we gave last time of uh polenta loaf was really good and he wants a, a food suggestion
1: <laughs> why don't you go eat a dick <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> I don't oh, know man I'm
1: on one today i okay. i don't
0: I don't know why people are doing this to us. Like what I, I I don't think Steve was the same as the other person who was, was it Steve who wrote us the original email asking for food suggestions? I don't think it was a Steve. I think it was somebody else.
1: Sure. I mean, whatever. Fuck them. I, I, I,
0: I, you know what? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't know what's inspired. Like we are not a food podcast. We've never claimed to be one. We've never even claimed to be good. <laughs> like the closest we ever came to talking about food as a podcast was when we were talking about those guys who ate anything. Uh, Charles Domery and, and Tarare. And, and that's not something that I would come back to and say, hey, these guys know what they're talking about when it comes to food. Yeah. He, one of them like ate cats, which... <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh, do, other than <laughs> other than eating a dick, do we have anything we could suggest to Steve here? <laughs> uh, I don't know, Steve. Make, I mean, I made tofu curry. I made some week.
1: pork tenderloin last night. That was delicious. There so, you go. You know, you know
0: pork tenderloin, some
1: medallion onions. You roast it. Wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, you're welcome, Steve. I I made I made tofu curry last week. It was pretty good. Curry is really easy to do. I like curries. Uh curry's
1: fantastic. Cur- curry uh curry great. Some sushi delivery the other night that was just god awful. So um maybe skip that one. Yeah. If you, you happen to live, you know, 15 minutes away from me.
0: Have you have you ever made your own sushi? Uh,
1: I got one of those. (laughs) It's like this device that you like put it in. Then there's like a plunger. It's called a sushi bazooka. (laughs) Successfully made a roll once have never been able to recreate it. Mm -hmm. Every other time, it's just a bunch of smash shit comes out and I get mad.
0: Like that's, that's one restaurant or takeaway food that I have never attempted at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, there's a reason there's a premium on it. It's, it's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so try sushi, Steve.
0: <laughs> try, try to make a curry. Try to make chicken. Ch- curries are easy. Curries are super easy. If you're looking for an easy meal, then go with a curry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, and with uh, that,
1: let's move on with the show. <laughs> er,
0: er. You, you, you were supposed to say, let's close up the mailbag. Oh. Shit! Do you want to try well, again?
1: With that, let's close up the mailbag
0: and move uh, on with the show. And move on with the show. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> is, how many minutes? Are, god, we're at half an hour already. We've only been doing. <laughs> we haven't done shit. <laughs> we haven't done jack shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, All right, let me have a breather here. I need to drink some water. (laughs) Fucking hell. Biscuit. What? Europe.
1: I've heard. I'm aware it exists.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. War has come to Europe yet again.
1: It does seem that way, doesn't it?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, very unfortunate stuff. Of course, I'm sure most of our listeners are aware of the ongoing situation in Ukraine. As uh, as Biscuit is, he's aware of things existing. Um, how much do you follow the whole situation, Biscuit? I mean, I usually
1: have the news on when I'm like at work. Um, and, you know, the Twitter machine when I'm at home. So... I'm aware that it's not great, and it's a pretty one-sided sentiment on um, the whole Ukraine thing. Mm -hmm. Like, most people are like, stop it. Mm -hmm. There's a a neighbor in uh, my neighborhood. They got a Ukraine flag out, so that's fun. That probably will bring peace.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, there's the whole Ukraine flags on Facebook and things like that. That's not really going to do anything. Uh, One thing I will make a note of is that uh, there are numerous charities uh, who are helping the Ukrainian people because they are the victims in all of this. Uh, Whoever it is you blame for the current crisis. I blame Russia. I don't see why anyone else would blame anybody else. (laughs) i'd say that's a fair assessment yes um but uh the ukrainian people are trapped between a rock and a hard place so i will be linking to various charities helping ukrainian people in the show notes and i encourage people to go and donate something if they can right i mean every little bit is is helpful and
1: absolutely
0: um i'm gonna
1: try it you ready Oh, okay. Vasilevsky. Who? Oh, I was trying to say the Ukrainian president's name. That's not it, huh? No.
0: It's not Vasilevsky?
1: Uh, I mean, it sounds like that's not even close. No. All right. Um... Wonder where I got that from.
0: Uh, uh do you okay. want me to just say well, it for
1: you? Give me the starting letter of the last name Zed. Oh, Zed, you're doing that shit.
0: You Sorry, know, Z. We,
1: Z, hit, Z, Z. Oh, shit. Um, uh, ah, zoo. <laughs>
0: Volodymyr Zelensky is the name of the Zelensky Zelensky.
1: <laughs> yes, Zelensky. I'm just like <laughs> thinking about some guy I saw in the hockey game last night.
0: His first name... <laughs> I'm such a piece of shit. Uh, his first name is Volodymyr, and his last name is Zelensky, uh, which uh, means green uh, if Ukrainian is anything like Slovak, which it is. They're both Slavic languages, so I'm pretty sure that that's not that far apart
1: I really thought I I genuinely thought I had it and you were just like no
0: <laughs> well you said uh, the name and I was uh, like I have no idea what he's talking about uh, no I think I just like named some goalie mhm uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> um today we're going to be talking about the subject of uh european relations with russia and uh in particular we're, we're not actually going to be speaking about ukraine today although i would like people to keep ukraine in the in their hearts and minds and going forward especially since the situation is 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 still not good there like there's been talk of the russians Withdrawing, but you know, nobody really trusts them, especially this since they spent months saying they weren't going to invade and then promptly invaded.
1: Yeah, and then they, yeah, oopsie doodle lead in there. But, um, I mean, at, at least the way the picture's being painted over here is, um, Ukraine like they're ballers, like they're doing far better keeping them out than russia ever anticipated at least Mm. that's how it's being told to
0: us uh it it, it certainly seems that way i mean uh western intelligence services basically said that ukraine would not last very long under the onslaught of the russian army and they they have they have lasted quite significantly i mean russia today still has not achieved air superiority over the skies of Ukraine, which is astonishing to me and and anyone else who follows military intelligence topics or anything like that. So it, it, it certainly has been astounding. It certainly speaks to the will of the Ukrainian people. Uh, it certainly also speaks to how prepared Russia was for this, uh, which is to say not at all. And I think Russia's... Mm-hmm very corrupt system has kind of exposed a lot of flaws in what they're doing uh that being said uh russia is is perfectly capable in and they've shown this in history they're perfectly capable of failing themselves towards victory yeah
1: um i think the scariest thing i've seen from is it um how to say this in a way that it won't get cut out of this episode. It, it seems like Putin's lost his fastball. You know what I mean? And um, when there's nobody around him that can say, don't do that without him shooting them in the face, that's kind of terrifying.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, there certainly is a culture of yes men around him and I, I I'm not going to play the whole, what about game. If anyone wants to write us about this, like it's it's totally possible to be critical of Western imperialism and Russian imperialism at the same time, although there are some people who don't seem to think that. Mm-hmm. And I, I I would argue that a lot of larger governments are just as yes manny as the next one, to differing degrees, of course. But it, it certainly seems that way. That like nobody nobody has been able to or willing to tell Putin, no, this is a bad idea. We can't accomplish this in the way that you want.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't even find fucking Republicans over here that are in favor of it. Not to politicize it, even though I just did. But even if you can't even get one of them to be like, nice job, probably not what you should be doing.
0: Oh, I, I mean, confused. other than Trump, who the fuck's backed him? <laughs> I was just about to bring up Trump as one Republican who's been like, yeah, he's kind of called Putin a genius there. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable invasion. So unbelievable. You won't believe it.
1: And so on and so forth. I don't really feel like doing this impression.
0: But yeah, uh, other than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's fun. It's funny how inflicting the horrors of war on an entire nation of people will dissolve your support. (laughs) Yeah, imagine that, right? Okay, anyway, so the subject of today is not Ukraine, And, and so just like I said, I'd like people to keep Ukraine in their hearts and minds, and we will put some links in the show description, but instead today we're going to be talking about relations between Russia and another European country, uh, specifically Poland uh, who now this this is the funniest situation that Poland is actually in right now because for quite some time Poland has been what some people would call very russophobic like the European Union has had to deal with Russia because they are a very large neighbor. A lot of trade happens with Russia from the European Union, although hopefully that's going to be drastically reduced as a result of sanctions. And anytime an issue with Russia seems to come up when in European Parliament or something like that, or, or European politics, Poland has been very vocal about opposing it, oftentimes using their, their country veto in terms of European politics to block any sort of uh, relationship with Russia. And a lot of, sometimes in the past, like people said, like there's there's really not a lot of reason for Poland to do this, but Poland and Russia, they kind of have a very complex history. I don't know if you're very well-versed on Pola, Poland-Russian history, uh, Biscuit, are you? Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I already know the answer, but every now and then I like to reach out in the hopes that like, you might know something.
1: <laughs> and I have routinely disappointed you. <laughs> um, so the great conflict between Russia and Poland over the decades is um, Poland's mad that Russia stole their ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that breathe. Just let it die Uh,
0: okay anyway
1: uh so you gotta leave that silence in
0: anyway recent events have shown that poland is probably more right to have been paranoid about russia than than we gave them credit for now some of the hostility has good reason for it and some of it probably not so good although in the end uh, anyway let me just let me just get on with what i'm talking about here Uh, biscuit i'm sure you know who started
1: we're only 45 minutes in without having started
0: you know who Stalin is, right? Uh Yosef. <laughs> Stalin, yes. Not a great guy. <laughs> uh real name, uh Ju uh oh geez, what is his real name? Jugashvili. I think is oh, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce that correctly. Ju- Jugashvili.
1: No, I mean. That sounded kind of anti-Semitic. Uh,
0: it's a Georgian name because Stalin is not actually Russian. Stalin is Georgian. <laughs> oh.
1: Okay, so he grew up in like Atlanta.
0: <laughs> Georgia, the country, not Georgia, the state. Anyway, uh, let's go back to the Second World War. Biscuit, now you know the events that kicked off the Second World War. I mean, I'm aware of some
1: things that happened that are
0: no bueno. (laughs) But there's one event where Hitler did it, and then everybody was like, okay, now we're at war. Yeah.
1: um, he, uh, He gave... a five-star review for This Is Us, and people were like, fuck that, we're gonna kill you.
0: Uh, Hitler invaded Poland.
1: Did he? Well, that wasn't very nice.
0: Okay, so going back to 1939, Hitler invades Poland. This is the event that kicked (laughs) off. I'm just killing you right now. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Uh. Uh, It is amazing how little... uh, Anyway, Hitler invades Poland, in 1939. Now, prior to the invasion of Poland, Germany and the Soviet Union had actually signed a non-aggression pact, which most people will know of as the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact. Now... Obviously. Yeah. And uh, this would later be violated when Hitler did Operation Barbarossa and all this other stuff. But that is not the focus of our episode today, but is part of this agreement. The Soviet union and Germany agreed to divide up Poland. So while Hitler moved in from the West, the Soviet union was moving in from the East. So they'd each captured probably about half of what was Poland at the time. So Poland was split between both those countries. Sounds great. Uh, then what happened? Not if you're Polish. Okay. So, no probably not (laughs) yeah no for the polish not a great time now one thing that happened once the, uh, the a lot of the polish forces were focused on the german half of the invasion uh that's not to say that they well it was kind of unexpected at the same time sort of expected the main point is is that now the soviet union has about half of poland and it's got a lot of uh Polish military officers, Polish government officials, Polish intellectuals, um, basically people at the top of Polish society. And now they have to deal with it.
1: You know, in sports betting, we call that having an insider.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, So Stalin. Oh, man, we hated that one. (laughs) Stalin dealt with all these uh, top officials the way that Stalin does.
1: So murdery.
0: Yeah. Okay. So these people were all taken to a place called Katyn, which is uh, like a forest basically near Smolensk, Russia, and massacred all of them, about 22,000 people in total. So we're talking about Smolish, uh, Smolish Polish politicians, politicians, uh, <laughs> intellectuals, military officers, all kinds of people like that. About 22,000 of them. There were other massacres that took place in other places inside the Soviet Union or around areas that the Soviet Union was occupying. But the, the main massacre happened in Katyn Forest. Okay?
1: Well, I think going forward, we should use that smolish thing you just did, because that makes it sound kind of fun.
0: It also makes it sound kind of weird since we're going to be talking about the town of Smolensk and Polish people. So this is that's going to get really confusing very fast.
1: Well, I mean, confusing me is not a huge feat. So mm-hmm. okay.
0: Anyway, uh, you will
1: hear <laughs> modern I can so- just feel the disappointment in your
0: voice. <laughs> Oh, you can't feel enough of it. All right. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, a lot of modern Soviet apologists will actually dismiss this as Nazi propaganda, because as the Nazis moved into the Soviet Union to take it over as part of Operation Barbarossa, they actually uncovered these mass graves. And uh, yes, of course, it was used as propaganda by the Nazis because the best propaganda is the stuff that is true. And this did, in fact, happen, and the Nazis unearthed this mass grave. So we're talking about 22,000 people who were buried in the forest of Katyn.
1: I I don't have a joke right here.
0: There's, but, um, well, there's, there's no it's joke. It's amazing
1: how little we've changed, though, yeah. and how we're weaponizing atrocities to this day Mm
0: -hmm. but continue please yeah at the time it wasn't widely focused on like it was kind of suppressed by a lot of news media outlets because of course there was a war going on at the time even western governments were reluctant to talk about it because of course they needed stalin to push from the east he was part of the war he was an ally at the time pushing back against the the Nazi Reich basically. So you know, you want me to get it out of the way, I got to do one. Go ahead.
1: They were like quit Stalin and push eastward already. <sighs> it's done. We
0: it's done. Okay, anyway. So at the time they were reluctant to do anything to embarrass Stalin. So they were pretty sure that this massacre had happened like the red cross had investigated and things like that. But at the time they just sort of went with the story. Yes, this is just Nazi propaganda uh, and continued on with their alliance with the Soviet Union because the Nazis at the time were the bigger fish to fry, I guess you could say, whether we should, you know, revisit that and say that was a right decision or a wrong decision. It is a war crime. Uh, I don't know history's already been written, but after the fall of the uh, of Nazi Germany, this was put a, l- a little bit more focus was put onto this. After the death of Stalin, there wasn't as much repression of it in the Soviet Union, and then once the Soviet Union itself collapsed, there was an admission that this massacre did in fact happen, although there are still some revisionists out there who you know try to poke holes in it but like at at, at this point now like the, the the russian government has in fact yeah. admitted that this did happen and they blame stalin for it yeah i mean th- there's a
1: lot of stuff in that time period that we still got people today that um they just go no <laughs> This break in audio is brought to you by... Good goofball
0: moments. Okay. So, anyway, uh, this is now admitted by the Russian government that, that this did, in fact, happen. Like, most of the blame is put on Stalin and the NKVD, who are kind of like the precursor to the KGB. So, I guess you could say, I'm not going to go through that whole tree of secret services in the Soviet Union and Russia. But, anyway, point being... This is admitted to, and now we're at the point in modern times where uh, Russia and Poland jointly commemorate this massacre, basically. And the, the anniversary of this massacre is coming up very soon, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to put it in this um, this podcast. So anyway, how it works is once a year... A bunch of Polish important people, usually like generals and military officers, along with prominent people from Polish society, get in a plane and then they fly over to Smolensk in Russia and they have a big ceremony where they lay wreaths and remember the fallen people in, in the, the forest at, at the, the site of this mass grave. And it's supposed to be a point where both countries come together to remember the past I guess you could say.
1: And, (laughs) I mean, is there anything that's going to make that difficult
0: right now? Well, right now, yes, but we're going to be going back about 12 years ago where it became incredibly difficult as uh, a Tupolev Tu-154, which is a Russian-made plane, but uh, this one is owned by the Polish Air Force. This is Polish air force flight one Oh one. That is the name of th- think of it as like air force one. Basically.
1: <laughs> there, There's a joke in there that wouldn't make the final cut anyway.
0: Okay. All right. Anyway. So uh, this uh, Polish air flight, uh, po- uh, let's just call it flight one Oh one Polish air force uh, is on its way to Russia. This is one of those things where it's like all the politicians get involved. It's it's, if, if you're asked to go to this, you can't say no, right? Like this is like a big deal for Polish people. And it's still kind of like a sticking point in Polish society. Like this, among many other things that they blame Russia or the Soviet Union for. Like this is something that y- you go, right? If, if you're invited to go, you go. So we've got about uh, 96 people on this Flight 101, heading to Smolensk. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. One of the passengers on this flight is named Lech Kaczynski, and he is the president of Poland. I
1: think I
0: know where we're going, and he's not going to like it. (laughs) So, Lech Kaczynski is the president of Poland. One interesting fact about him is that he and his brother are both in politics, and they are, in fact, twins. Jaroslaw uh, 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 Kaczynski is his brother, and I think at one point, Lech was the president, and his brother Yadoslav was the prime minister, so you had like twin brothers doing the role of president and prime minister. It's really weird sometimes.
1: And uh, interesting fact about being the Polish president, you get elected by being the person that can punch a goat the hardest.
0: <laughs> Not actually true, but anyway. Okay, so Lech, Lech- <laughs> Kaczynski-, <laughs> Kaczynski was a notoriously difficult president to deal with. Um, one example of this is one time when he was on this the same flight, Polish uh, Air Force 101, Uh, he somewhere in midair told the pilot, basically, uh, alter course. We're going to go to this airport instead of this one. And the pilot basically said, no, that's not the way flight plans work. We can't just change our flight plan. Mid-flight I'm going to fly to the airport. We originally are scheduled to, uh, because that's how things are done safely. Not being a fan of this, um, Kaczynski had him fired, (laughs)
1: <laughs> he just put his GoPro on and it's like, oh no, the planes crashing. and he filmed it as he jumped out.
0: <laughs> that, no. that would be a great way to tie to our previous episode. But anyway.
1: Yeah, that's a callback. <laughs> see, see, in the industry, folks, that's what you call a callback.
0: <laughs> Go see our previous episode about uh guy jumping out of and crashing his plane. Okay, anyway. So now, one thing that's important to note is on this um flight where the captain, uh, the pilot was fired. Uh, the first officer on that flight. Wait, was he fired, was fired like during the flight? Well, I mean, like once they landed, of course, like he was fired, right? Like he was dismissed. From that's gonna be awkward.
1: You get the guy flying the plane, <laughs> like, you're out of here, Bubs.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh uh, important to note, he did get his job back. He appealed the decision, and basically, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they fired him midair, and then they
1: gave him his job back because they're like, "Shit, somebody's gonna land this."
0: No, no, no. After they landed, he was fired, or he was dismissed from his position, and he, he appealed this in some way, and they actually exonerated him completely. And I think they gave him a medal for it, basically saying like, "No, not only did you make the right decision." but you saved lives in doing so. So here's a medal. So anyway. <laughs> I Good for him. Yeah, good for him. i make
1: another ice cube joke, but you know.
0: Now, uh, it's important to note that the first officer on this flight, so the co-pilot at the time of the flight where the, the captain was fired, was one uh, Protasiuk, which is his surname. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name, First name, because as close as Polish is to Slovak, I don't want to butcher any Polish here. I'm still not good at Polish. Anyway, so Protasiuk was the name of the co-pilot. That's his surname. And I mean, you
1: can try it. I said that a fucking goalie in the NHL was the president of Ukraine (laughs) like 20 minutes ago.
0: Okay. Arkadius was his first name. Arkadius Protasiuk. Sounds perfect. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, he was the first officer on the flight where basically the president of Poland got angry that he couldn't just change the flight plan and eventually fired the the captain. So now fast forward to this April in 2010, where Protasiuk is now the pilot of flight 101. And he is flying the Polish president to Smolensk. Now, Let's talk a little bit about Smolensk because it is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, The only airport that they have there is basically a shack with a couple of guys keeping the lights on.
1: Sounds great. I mean, you did say Russia. Uh,
0: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of places in remote Russia, which is exactly what this is. Right. So let's be clear. Uh, This is not like your regular sort of airport. A lot of airports will have what's called an ILS beacon and an instrument landing system beacon, which is basically like a, a little device at the airport that sort of emits this signal that allows planes to judge exactly where the airport is. So they can see how far away they are from it, how high they are in relation from it. This airport does not have anything like that it does not have any sort of modern instrument landing system that the pilots can use to guide themselves into this airport
1: yeah no it's just a shack with like a guy that wakes up and stays drunk and you just like points at a field and he's like i mean anyway over there's fine
0: <laughs> that's basically what it is okay And uh, on top of that, like the only thing that this airport had is basically uh, like the most basic airport beacon that just sort of like shouts its name. So pilots can be like, oh, over there is that airport. Right. So there's there's nothing modern about this airport. Really, it's 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 kind of technically open to civilian flights, but really it's just like sort of Russian uh, Russian military flights are basically the only thing that goes there.
1: I mean, you could have stopped, Ted. It—it's it, it, basically just Russian. Yes.
0: Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> just like good luck, fucker.
0: Anyway, ahead of this um, flight was um, was a, a another plane. There was a Yak forty <laughs> jet, which
1: <laughs> I feel like you just verbally put "flight" in quotations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was a Yak-40 that landed just prior to Flight 101 arriving in Smolensk, and uh, it was basically the president's press pool. So it was a bunch of like journalists and things like that, as well as a bunch of aides and things, uh, all going there to prepare for the president's arrival in Smolensk so they could do the ceremony. And they landed about maybe an hour before Flight 101 was scheduled to arrive, and they I was ba- gonna say, and they landed between two trees, <laughs> and they basically radioed back to the incoming flight to basically say, "Hey, conditions are rapidly deteriorating here. They weren't great when the Yak forty arrived, uh, and they were not great by the time Flight one hundred one was arriving."
1: <laughs> they just like looked around. They're like, "Oh shit! This is Russia. This sucks." don't come
0: (laughs) now uh (laughs) the visibility rapidly dropped to about 100 to 200 meters which is awful because of the fog uh you'll have to keep in mind that they're approaching an airfield which is on a hill uh because like this is sort of like (laughs) (laughs) undulating terrain good start Yeah, this is undulating terrain, like Smolensk isn't flat. Maybe they could
1: find a volcano to put the airfield in.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so uh, visibility is reduced severely. Uh, At this point, someone with some sense should have said, hey, let's go land at a nearby airport and get, you know, get them there by bus or car or some other way, because this is dangerous. Now... Let's go back to that whole firing of the, of the pilot thing here. Remember, the president has already fired one pilot because he wouldn't do as he was told. There's no way in hell that this pilot, who was the first officer on that flight, is going to want to defy the president because he's already seen something bad happen to pilots who defy the president.
1: Or attempt to pilot a Russian plane. <laughs> but I uh, so uh, proposition... Um, disney world
0: (laughs) uh you also have to keep in mind that like a lot of members of the polish military are on this plane as well so he's got like an air force general behind him who is like several ranks above his pay grade and he's got to tell that guy hey no we can't land here like there's there's no way this is going on
1: i mean i imagine if you get To that level in the polish military you're probably a pretty tough motherfucker so yeah (laughs) yeah i i'd probably be hesitant to be like
0: uh, no (laughs) now keep in mind too that like nobody at this russian airport because it's so backwater uh speaks any english and that's going to be a problem it is a problem because normally when you have civilian flights going to an airport the air traffic controllers have to speak English. Like English is the language of air traffic control. If you're going to be like a civilian pilot, because this is a military base, the two guys who are there, they speak Russian and nothing else. Now, Russian that, isn't.
1: That yeah. Really? That I unsurprisingly didn't know that.
0: Okay. But now like, you do.
1: English is like the universal land plane thingy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Like if you want to, f- if you want to be a pilot and you fly to Dubai, the air traffic controller is going to communicate to you in English. Hmm.
1: Well, add that to the list of shit. I didn't
0: know. Okay. Yeah, like that's, that's the standard, right? It's like they, they basically said we have to choose one language. So they decided on English. So it doesn't matter where in the world you fly. If you're flying to one of these like international airports or an airport that accepts like uh, civilian flights, English is the language you're going to be commu- used to communicate with air traffic control. That actually
1: makes perfect sense because you know you got any emergencies, you you want to be able to. Well, I'm saying the painfully obvious, so uh, I'll just let you continue.
0: Yeah. Anyway, okay. So this obviously is not like a regular civilian airport, so there it's just two guys speaking Russian. Now, normally when you fly to Russia if you're flying to a non-standard airport they will actually lend you a russian uh <laughs> sounds funny to say it that way <laughs> i think we do that here but
1: you got to marry them <laughs>
0: No, no. What what they'll do is like when you book your flight plan. If you're flying to like a non-standard airport, you you submit a request to the to the to the Russians and say, "Can you give us a navigator?" So you'll have someone in the cockpit who speaks both fluent Russian and uh, English, so he can communicate with your flight crew and talk to the people on the ground. And and he's your navigator. So like that, that's the perfect fit, right? Now a request was submitted to the Russian authorities for one of these Russian dudes to come and sit in the cockpit Uh, for some reason that never ended up happening. Uh, It's very unclear as to why. So the pilot who could speak Russian, although wasn't fluent in it uh, sort of took over the whole Russian exchange thing going on. And of course he's doing this as he's still trying to fly the plane.
1: I mean, that that's, Sounds like they're really set up good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Normally I'm trying
1: to fly a fucking plane while he's like, eh, I, I understand uh, like two thirds of uh, 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 well, good luck everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining like him just like sitting there in the cockpit and saying a lot of stuff, right. And all this other stuff. Okay. My my Russian is terrible, by the way. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I mean, it's not as
1: refined as mine
0: is. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, sht- shto is all you need, right? Anytime someone starts speaking Russian, you just be like Sto. Yeah,
1: I I know that means as long as there are no follow up questions. It, it means um, what? It means what? Ah. No, I would just, like, scream vodka and bear until they went away.
0: Okay, anyway. So normally in a situation like this, the pilot would give up control to the first officer, to the co-pilot, and the co-pilot would fly the plane, and he would just handle the communication with the, the air traffic control. For some reason, this also didn't happen. For some reason, meaning Russia. Well, the, these are the Polish people making the decision now.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I got my... I mean, all y'all look alike.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, they start trying to make their approach. You've got to keep that. I, I will. Uh, they start trying to make their approach, and at one point, the TAWS system uh, starts giving out warnings. Uh, TAWS being the Terrain Awareness Warning System, which you don't need to remember that, listeners. Basically, <laughs> it's just a little voice <laughs> in the uh, in the plane's computer that says terrain 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 yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, all it, is. Hey,
1: it sounds like something you should pay attention to <laughs>
0: <laughs> well now they did shut it off and th- there was actually reason for this because the undulating terrain like the up and down sort of terrain could confuse the TAW's system So it could be giving false warnings of saying terrain when basically they're not flying to terrain. They're actually making an approach to a landing strip. Now, of course, you have to keep in mind all these other factors. The fact that, like, they're communicating in a language they're not fluent in while landing in an airport that's covered in fog, maybe turning that warning system off was not a good idea.
1: I would say that's probably a fair
0: assessment. (laughs) They were also having altimeter uh, reading problems too, because um, they just were like, it's, it's a bunch of like airplane stuff. I'm not sure how I can explain it, but they had to recalibrate their altimeter because it was giving like imprecise readings or something like that. And so basically one of the altimeters in the cockpit wasn't good i'm just imagining them trying to
1: land this thing one of them's like uh, i don't know airplane stuff <laughs>
0: oh okay sounds great <laughs> you you have to imagine the confusion in the cockpit here right they're trying to land in like pea soup level fog they've got the head of the polish air force behind them they have the president on the plane, someone who's been known to fire pilots if they don't do exactly as he wishes. They've got the pilot flying the plane and communicating in Russian. You've got the navigator in the background who is useless because he doesn't speak Russian. And the co-pilot doing who knows what. <laughs> and, and, then, you- and then the voice is coming through the, the cockpit saying, terrain, terrain terrain. And they're just like, let's shut that off.
1: I mean, this trip is planned about as well as like when you're stoned at 2 a.m. and want to go get Burger King. You're just like, (laughs) ah, fuck it, It'll work out unless it doesn't. (laughs)
0: Like, Uh. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay. Eventually, at some of the last moments, they suddenly realize that they are about 10 meters below the level of the runway.
1: <laughs> They're probably like, uh, I, I think we uh, kind of fucked this one up.
0: Yeah. Uh, sorry, actually, I was wrong. 15 meters below the level of the runway. So all the confusion between the Russian guys giving them semi-accurate stuff, between not understanding Russian very well, between... <laughs> Like resetting their instruments and not listening to the little guy shouting terrain at them, they suddenly realize they're about fifteen meter meters lower than the actual runway they are supposed to land on.
1: Uh, uh, who would have thought being unable to communicate and ignoring machinery would be such a problem?
0: By the time they realized this, if it was, of course, too late. And uh,
1: it, it seems like I mean you use the word under,
0: yeah. Uh, At that point, a tree, which should not have been there because the runway should have been cleared by the Russian authorities to prevent any sort of obstacles close to the runway.
1: They just left a fucking tree on the runway?
0: (laughs) Not on the runway, but, like, ahead of it. (laughs) But, like, the the whole point of a runway is, like, you're supposed to have a very clear area around it, and they did not. Like, there's a lot of things the Russians Yeah, trees
1: are not supposed to be involved.
0: Yeah, it was at this point that a tree sheared off the left wing and uh, sent the plane uh, into a (laughs) crash.
1: (laughs) They're just yelling at each other. They can't understand each other. Fucking wings going off. And it's like, "Uh, uh, he says uh, one wing uh, is is probable.
0: Yeah. Like, (laughs) great. You had to keep in mind during all of this happening too, like the Russians are giving out very unclear instructions. Uh at one point, the <laughs> the the Russian air traffic control told them that, like, oh no, this isn't gonna work. You should go back to horizontal flight, which didn't make any sense at the time as they were on a landing approach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's in a fucking wing, they're like, No, no, this uh, is before the wing came uh, off. Okay, like, oh, <laughs> uh, this not going to work so good. <laughs> yeah, I <I'd> agree.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, no, this, this, the, the, the. What I'm describing is actually prior to the wing coming off, right? And basically, yeah, well, the rush Russians- is
1: probably why the wing fucking came
0: off. <laughs> yeah. Well, the 12 seconds of silence after he said that sort of, you know, cleared the fact, like, or made clear that there was a lot of confusion going in the cockpit and on the ground.
1: I, I could see um, confusion being uh, palpable there.
0: Yeah. So anyway, the wing <laughs> is sheared off, and at that point, the the plane crashes into the ground. It's called a controlled flight into terrain, or a sea fit, and um, every, everyone on board was killed. Or the, an oh shit. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that. Okay. Great. Uh, You're
1: welcome, everybody.
0: Everyone on board was killed, experiencing over 100 G's of, uh, of force on their bodies, which is a lot. I mean, if you're going to go, go hard. Yeah. I I mean, at, at that level of force, uh, it it, basically everyone is like human toothpaste at that point. Yeah. I was
1: going to say it's like, yeah, like Jamba juice.
0: Yeah. So. This is, this is pretty major, because at this point now, uh, several members, of because there were members of the uh, Polish legislative assemblies on the plane, uh, numerous chiefs of staff of the military, and the president, the head of the executive branch, are all killed. That is big. That, that, that would be like if, if a bunch of generals from the Pentagon a few members of the Senate and the president of the United States all died in a plane crash. Suddenly
1: from your lips to God's ears.
0: (laughs) But you can imagine the fallout to get
1: arrested.
0: (laughs) You can imagine the fallout that would come from something like that. If that happened to several members of the, of the, of the American government, this happened to the Polish government basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, like, looking at, like, a designated survivor sort of situation, I would imagine. At that point, they're like, oh, shit.
0: Um, Yeah. Okay. Bob's in charge. It it wasn't so many members of the cabinet and the executive branch of the Polish government as it was military leaders. Like, there was a few politicians in there, but really the only member of the executive branch in the cabinet was the president okay like it, that's a big one that that is that is a very big one so like <laughs> the 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 line of succession of the Polish government was covered but it it's still basically decapitated like a huge chunk of the Polish state particularly militarily
1: i believe the official military name for that is an oopsie
0: yeah russia sensing that this, you know, was a big deal, sort of like had this big level of open. Oh, they
1: picked up on that, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they sort of tried to cooperate as much as they could with the investigation. Uh, they opened up a lot of the investigation to Polish authorities as well as international authorities because they were like, mm, this is kind of a big problem. Uh, prime Minister <laughs> uh, Putin, he was prime minister at the time. He wasn't president at the time.
1: God, that son of a bitch, like a mosquito.
0: (laughs) So he had been president prior to this, but then he had finished his term and he had become prime minister. And this is at the time that Medvedev was president. Mm -hmm. It's not really important until
1: Putin decided he wanted to be again.
0: Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so they declared a day of mourning. Several countries actually declared a day of mourning, but they declared it in Russia as well. And uh, this is where, like, sort of shit hits the fan, basically.
1: I'm just letting that breathe. Mm -hmm. Sounds great.
0: Yeah. Now, following this, despite the openness of the Russians, uh, the conspiracy theories started.
1: Yeah, you'll get those. I mean, I'm sure there's people right now that are, like, saying that they're all still alive.
0: Uh, No, none of that. (laughs) No. <laughs> that's it's. I it's was not, waiting for
1: Q to show up.
0: <laughs> no, none of this holographic plane stuff or anything like that. But uh, it, it, this is like this is typically called the Polish 9/11 because of the the events that happened. Uh, nah, we we
1: did it way better.
0: There were accusations that the <laughs> Russians, <laughs> the Russians actually shot the plane down. And tried to make it look like an accident there were accusations that uh um, i think i remember that actually uh, probably yeah like it was a big deal like i i remember discussing it with you at the time and a few other people we knew at the time on some internet forums
1: i i mean if it rings a bell in my head then yeah it was probably pretty widespread because I mean, we've we've established where my intelligence is at.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, anyway, conspiracy went like bananas with this. There was accusations that, you know, explosives have been planted on the plane. The Russians shot it down in an attempted coup, or they wanted to weaken the Polish military prior to an invasion. There's not a lot of evidence for this or really any evidence at all. It's It sort of boils down to... Like and the most of the official reports, although some people still try and launch commissions over this, the, the official reports basically say that this was largely pilot error, compounded by the fact that these Russian goofballs at the uh, at the air traffic control couldn't communicate to them properly and all this other stuff. So there, there's a lot. Of, I don't want to get into all the conspiracy theories around it as much, but let's just say that. Uh, there are still top-level members of the Polish government. Jaroslav uh, uh, Kaczynski, uh, one of them, who was the twin brother of the president at the time, uh, is was one of the proponents of those theories that like Russia somehow sabotaged this flight to h- cut off the head of the Polish state.
1: <laughs> Whereas, in reality, it boils down to they like gave me the keys to a plane, they're like... <clears throat> You got it (laughs)
0: Uh, the party of the Kaczynskis, uh, the uh, uh, Pravo (laughs) Ispravodlive. I got to speak Polish.
1: Fasolowski,
0: Pravo Ispravodlivevo party, which is basically the Law and Justice party. uh, They would they're in power now, right? But like they've always been critical of Donald Tusk, who was the uh, prime minister at the time of Poland uh, that this happened, he was the prime minister of Poland at the time Uh, that he never did enough or he never put enough pressure on the Russians. Really? There wasn't much more he could do. Like there's, there's no conspiracy here. It was an air accident, but they're in power now. And a lot of them still do maintain that this was like an attack by the Russians.
1: It's so frustrating. (laughs) It's the lack of accountability. Like, at every level, everywhere,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to this, goddamn it! Like, like you have clearly explained what went wrong, and they're like, "Nah, it was because they're pricks."
0: Still today, over a third of Polish people believe that it is possible that uh, Russia was somehow involved in this.
1: Insert biscuit making a joke about Polish people being dumb here.
0: Well, I mean, this this happens anytime a big event like this happens. Like, just look at 9-11, No, I mean, right? Yeah, we know Bush it, did nine eleven. Yeah, we're.
1: I mean, everybody knows Bush did nine eleven. But yeah, I mean, who am I to judge? We're the worst about it. Mm-hmm. Fucking Q. like.
0: So Bush it, did nine eleven. So much
1: easier to blame what you don't like than to be like, we fucked up and let's learn from it. Mm-hmm. It's easier to just pick. Nah, fuck that dude.
0: So Bush did nine 11 Medvedev and Putin did the small air scare disaster.
1: Yeah. They tried to one up our nine 11. So that means we got to do like a 9 11 now.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, this still <laughs> Please remains, don't arrest me This still remains a sticking point between Poland and Russia, and you can add it to one of the many things or many reasons why Poland does not trust Russia now we've learned that uh in recent months that there is no good reason to trust Russia, but uh maybe the Polish motivations weren't. Mm-hmm truthful motivations, but they turned out to be right in the end? Yeah, I mean... It's...
1: To loosely shoehorn it in here, you know. It's okay if somebody thinks you're an asshole, just don't provide them proof. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's kind of one of those.
0: Anyway, uh, Biscuit, what have, what have we learned from this?
1: That... We've always been as stupid as we are now. It's just easier to notice with social media.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Isn't that uplifting?
0: hmm No.
1: No. No, it's... <laughs> everything's terrible.
0: Um, it's so bad! <laughs> yeah, okay. It, it, we, didn't we know that already?
1: we try to ignore it. And mm-hmm. it's it's always been this bad and it's getting harder to ignore. How
0: how how's that? Okay, fair enough. Do we have that's anything a good to one, plug? right? Do we have anything to plug? Uh go Bruins. Alright.
1: I mean, would you like to plug something? You always act no. like
0: I'm the asshole. Uh, no, no, I'm... I, I'm... All right, go Bruins. Yeah, there you go. Go (laughs) Bees. Okay, so with that, uh, pod people, it's great to know that you've been listening. Uh, There's nothing more to tell. And uh, hopefully you'll join us for our next episode. I mean, email us, bigbadnonsense at gmail.com or tweet us at bigbadnonsense. Have I covered everything, Biscuit?
1: Uh, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, iTunes? No, it's not. It's Apple Music.
0: Apple Podcast. Uh,
1: the the fucking Apple thing. Um, there's two more, aren't there? Uh, tune in. Tune in. And Stitcher. And Stitcher and uh, butt tones.
0: <laughs> that one's not real.
1: Could be. Well, Let's make it real. I'll do better next time, everybody.
0: All right. Bye.
1: <laughs> Hi.